Welcome back, coming brains to the podcast. Talking about Percy by she Shelley. <clears throat> I, re- I thought these were really good poems. Um, you know, I knew Mary Shelley. I didn't know much about her husband. Um, died very young. Wrote a few very good poems. Um, I thought so, at least. Um... Uh, Shelley, says Swim, is now considered one of the major romantic poets. However, Shelley's work was not widely read in his lifetime outside a small circle of friends, poets and critics. Most of his poetry, drama and fiction was published in editions of 250 copies, which generally sold poorly. The initial reception of Shelley's work in mainstream periodicals, with the exception of the Liberal Examiner, was generally unfavourable. Reviewers often launched personal attacks on Shelley's private life and political, social and religious views, even when conceding that his poetry contained beautiful imagery and poetic expression. 20th century critics such as T.S. Eliot and W.H. Auden criticised Shelley's poetry for deficiencies in style, repellent ideas and immaturity of intellect and sensibility. However, Shelley's critical reputation rose from the 1960s as a new generation of critics highlighted Shelley's debt to Spencer and Milton, his mastery of genres and verse forms, and the complex interplay of sceptical idealist and materialist ideas in his work. Shelley died at 29, drowning off the coast of Italy, when his sailboat sank due to an unexpected storm. 1960 before he got any recognition, and he died in 1822. God, we're a bit slow on the uptake sometimes, us humans, aren't we? Swim says the mumfishy also said regarding the genesis of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, Mary Shelley created the story on a rainy afternoon in 1816, Geneva, where she was staying with her husband, the poet Percy Bysshe Shelley, and their friend Lord Byron, and Lord Byron's physician, John Polidori. The group, trapped indoors by the inclement weather, Passed the time telling and writing ghost stories, the ideas for Frankenstein and Apollodori's The Vampire were both born that day. The Vampire is often viewed as the progenitor of the vampire genre. You can read The Vampire on Gutenberg. I love that on those stormy days, all these, you know, the first ever celebrity, Lord Byron, and Percy, who was, you know, a well-known writer, um, was sort of outshown by 18-year-old Mary Shelley and the physician who just invented Frankenstein and vampires on a, on just on a whim. I love that. All right, I've got some polls for you today. I'm probably going to read through four by the looks of things, maybe. Starting with Hugh Ainsley, 1792 to 1878. Willie and Helen. Wherefore should ye talk of love when, unless it be to pain us? Wherefore should ye talk of love when ye say the sea main twain us? What? It's no because my love is light, nor for your angry daddy. It's at to buy ye pearlins bright, and to busk ye like a leddy. 
Oh, Willie, I can care and spin, so never can want for cleedin', and gin I have my Willie's heart, I have at the pearls I'm heedin'. Will it be time to praise this cheek when years and tears have blenched it? Will it be time to talk of love when cold and care has quenched it? He's laid a hand about her waist, the other held to heaven, and his Luke was like the Luke man, was heart in twa is riven. Uh, okay, whatever all that means. Didn't really understand that one. John Keeble was born in 1792 and died in 1866, and his poem goes like this, Burial of the Dead. I thought to meet no more so dreary seemed, death interposing veil, and thou so pure, thy place in paradise, beyond where I could soar. Friend of this worthless heart, but happier thoughts, spring like unvided violets from the sod, where patiently thou takest thy sweet and sure repose. The shadows fall more soothing, the soft air is full of cheering whispers like thine own, while memory by thy grave lives over thy funeral day. The deep knell dying down, the mourners pause, waiting their saviour's welcome at the gate. Sure with the words of heaven thy spirit met us there, and sought with us along the accustomed way the hallowed porch and entering in beheld the pageant of sad joy so dear to faith and hope. Oh, hadst thou brought a strain from paradise to cheer us, happy soul, thou hadst not touched the sacred springs of grief, more tenderly and true than those deep warbled anthems high and low, low as the grave, high as the eternal throne, guiding through light and gloom, our morning fancies wild. Till gently, like soft golden clouds at eve, around the western twilight all subside into a placid faith, that even with beaming eye counts thy sad honours, coffin, beer, and pall, so many relics of a frail love lost, so many tokens dear of endless love begun. Listen, it is no dream, the apostles' trump. Givest earnest of the archangels calmly now, our hearts yet beating high to that victorious lay, most like a warrior's to the martial dirge of a true comrade in the grave, we trust our treasure for a while. And if a tear steal down, if human anguish over the shaded brow pass shuddering when the handful of pure earth touches the coffin lid, if at our brother's name, once and again the thought, forever gone, come over us like a cloud, yet gentle sprite, thou turnest not away, thou knowest us calm at heart. One look, and we have seen our last of thee, till we to sleep, and our long sleep be over. Oh, cleanse us, ere we view that countenance pure again, thou who canst change the heart and raise the dead, as thou art by to soothe our parting hour. Be ready when we meet, with thy dear pardoning words. <clears throat> this one is by John Clark, 1793-1864, written in Northampton County Asylum. I am, yet what I am, who knows, or cares. Sorry, I read that wrong. I am, yet what I am, who cares, or knows. My friends forsake me like a memory lost. I am the self-consumer of my woes. They rise and vanish, an oblivious host. Shadows of life, whose very soul is lost, and yet I am, I live, though I am tossed. 
into the nothingness of scorn and noise, into the living sea of waking dream, where there is neither sense of life nor joys, but the huge shipwreck of my own esteem, and all that's dear, even those I love the best, are strange, nay, they are stranger than the rest. I long for scenes where man has never trod, for scenes where women never smiled or wept, there to abide with my creator God and sleep as I in childhood sweetly slept. Full of high thoughts unborn, so let me lie, the grass below above the vaulted sky. One more quick one by Felicia Dorothea Hemans, Hemans, 1793-1835. Dirge. Calm on the bosom of thy God, fair spirit, rest thee now. Even while with ours thy footsteps trod, his seal was only thy brow. Dust to its narrow house beneath, soul to its place on high. They that have seen thy look in death no more may fear to die. Very cool. All right, that's it for tonight. We got through four poets, so that's pretty good. Tomorrow we are taking on uh, what's his face, uh, John Keats, uh, and there's quite a lot of poetry there by John Keats. So we'll see how we go with that. All right, everybody, thank you for listening. Catch you tomorrow.